there is no cure for autism. These are our kids. They are going to be who they're going to be. And you got to love them for who they are and what they can do and allow them to explore on their own within reason. Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. On today's show, we're going to be talking about sibling rivalry, neurotypical sibling with a special needs sibling. You won't want to miss it. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And before we introduce you to our guest today, let me start by sharing our community's code. Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truth, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we're able to see and experience gratitude and beauty in everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families. We do this by living in the naked present moment, one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So before we get to our show today, we're going to do a little breathing exercise, a prayer, and a short meditation to just kind of find that center and that balance and that space within ourselves where there's no chaos, there's no controversy, and if we can't find that place, we're going to try and make room for that space within us so that we have that place that we can go when the world feels like it's just getting too crazy. So if you can sit with your spine erect, gently close your eyes and lift your gaze to that spot between your eyebrows, that third eye spiritual center, and just take a deep breath in and hold it for a minute. And then exhale. And now what we're gonna do, I want you to put your consciousness on your lower spine. And as you inhale, we're gonna suck in our tummies and we're going to follow our breath up our spine over the back of our head and up to the center on the top of our head and our energy goes where our con- you know where our consciousness follows so we're going to inhale up the spine 
across the back of the head up to the top and then hold it there for a minute and let that energy build. All right, inhale. And hold it. And feel that energy build. And then exhale, relax. One more time, really lean into it this time and and suck in your stomach and inhale, pull that breath up your spine to the top of your head. And hold it at the top of your head. Let that energy build. And then exhale, relax. We're gonna do it one more time. Really give it your best effort yet. And inhale, pull in your stomach. Pull the air up through your chest, up through your brain to the top of your head and hold it. And exhale, relax and let it all go. And with your eyes closed, just feel that peace that you created by getting rid of whatever the scientific term is that we got rid of. Well, I read a prayer that I recently wrote. Heavenly mother, father, friend, great spirit, divine consciousness, wondrous nature, and saints of all religions. We come together as brothers and sisters on a similar quest to better understand ourselves, our divine calling, and how to be the best version of ourselves and parents for our children. We ask for the guidance and the ability to accept life on life's terms. May each listener feel an inner sense of peace and calm in our hearts today. May we feel love and spread love. Om, peace, amen. So come back to the room. I'd like to introduce you to Wendy Flowers, who's a 48-year-old mother of two. She has a 23-year-old neurotypical child and a soon-to-be 16-year-old autistic child. They're both boys. She works as a substitute teacher and health coach and has been married for 24 years in September. Welcome to the show, Wendy. Hi, how are you? you? I'm great. Thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm good. Where are you calling in from? Indiana. (laughs) Back in my Midwest roots of (laughs) Detroit-ish. Yeah, it's nice. Well, I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. It's a very special and rare occasion for us to have a parent with a special needs child who's been married for 24 years. That's not everybody's story. So, So congratulations on that. Can you tell us a little bit about when this all started for you? Well, my oldest son is 23. He's the neurotypical. So he was seven when I found, well, six, when I found out I was pregnant and had my second son and we noticed something was off um with him a little bit we have some services here in indiana that my pediatrician sent me to and we did the testing they sent in a psychiatrist and she diagnosed him with pddnos persuasive development disorder not otherwise specified is kind of what it means 
And then we got another diagnosis or we sent him in for a second opinion. And that's where he got the official diagnosis of being autistic when he was two. When did the signs start showing up and who noticed them first? Pretty much started showing when he was 10 months old. And we, both my husband and I were kind of in denial. And I think I always felt like something was off, but I just never wanted to realize it. So it just kind of evolved from there. Would you say that your pediatrician pushed you to follow some of these? Yeah, because his speech wasn't developing like it should have been. And then all of a sudden he wouldn't make eye contact like he used to. So that kind of set off some red flags for the pediatrician. And he goes, you really need to get this tested, need to get him tested. And I said, okay, because I kind of knew something was off. I just didn't want to really admit it. Did you feel like there was a regression at some point? Yeah. I have a picture. Mom had taken us to get his picture taken when he was six months old. And he was bubbly and smiley and just a normal six-month-old child. And then when I say this, I am not saying what some people will think I'm saying. After certain vaccines, he kind of regressed. So it's like, okay, so now what? And that's when a pediatrician says, I think it's time to get him tested. Because I had mentioned to him before I said there's something kind of off but I just want to see where it goes and he goes yeah sometimes and he says a lot of kids develop at their own rate so let's just wait and then it just got worse and then we went with the testing so I had a similar reaction and I don't know how close but my eyes actually start to tear up because I have some of those pictures as well and it's I don't know what it is. I love my child, but it's just, there's something emotional. Yeah. About that. Um, I look at those pictures cause they're still up on my wall. And then I look at a picture that we had taken and you can tell the difference. And it's like, I mourn the one child why I love his present self. Yeah. That's, that's uh heavy. Do you remember what it felt like how you reacted when this diagnosis was delivered to you and your husband? I went on, um, gosh, this is bad to admit, on a quest to try to cure my son. I went on the internet. I found all this information and I actually got what I deem information overload. I had all this information coming in all different directions. And then I had to wait through it and figure out what was real, what was quackery in my opinion and try to help my son as best as I could and we got him in some early intervention programs and even throughout his growing up um, there's a camp here in Indiana that we were able to get him into every summer from when he was six to when he was 13 so and that helped immensely so that's great would you say did you and your husband have different reactions yeah, I kind of, I'm more of a dive in head first. Let's, let's get this taken care of and let's get him what he needs. My husband kind of denied it for a while. And then all of a sudden he got on board and we've been kind of like on the same page ever since. I do most of the, well, this is what we need to do. And I do the scheduling. I do all that. He goes out and earns the money for the household. So We split the duties that way. Yeah, they're both huge jobs. 
they're both big jobs. Was there ever a change in your initial response to cure him or fix him? Or, and how did that unfold or evolve for you? I don't know. It just kind of evolved that. There is no cure for autism. These are our kids. They are going to be who they're going to be. And you got to love them for who they are and what they can do and allow them to explore on their own within reason. So I love my kid. He's a great kid. He has some humor. He doesn't even realize he has humor, but he has humor. And, you know, he's growing up. So we get, we've seen the, from toddler to now he's a teenager getting ready to maybe he thinks he's going to drive. That's not going to happen all too soon. <laughs> but really? yeah, he's just not that in tune to understanding the road rules. To get a better picture, can you tell us some of like the development milestones that he's hit along the way? I mean, was he always talking? Yes, to a point. He was always talking. And now his talking has turned into, um, he speaks in gamer language. Like he wants to level up. He wants to get more points. If he does something good, does he get points towards, you know, a game? And sometimes my husband and I don't understand what he's talking about. But he is so in tune in games that we're trying to figure out ways to talk to him that way. But also kind of go, okay, explain to me what you want. <laughs> right. Was potty training a challenge? Is he potty trained? He is potty trained. I figured out he's very big into rewards. So once I figured out that I can potty train him to the point where during the day it was fine. Nighttime, he was in pull-ups until he was about, I want to say eight or nine nighttime pull-ups. And then I figured out sometimes you just got to rip that bandaid off for them to learn. I ripped that bandaid off and within two nights he stayed dry. He got up when he was supposed to and went to the restroom. And the same thing with bowel movements, bowel movements took a little bit longer, but I realized that he had control because he would wait until he come home to do what he needed to do. And then that's when I taught him when you come home, go to the restroom, do what you need to do. And then once he figured that, oh, okay. So I don't have a problem with that. I'm grateful you shared that for me and for the listeners in Naked Parent Nation, because that's one that I struggled to pull the Band-Aid off. And you just keep getting more of the same unless you... You got to rip it off. I mean, it can be messy. Don't get me wrong. It can be messy, but for they got to understand that feeling too, or what they're feeling, what that is signaling that their body needs to do. Can you tell us what does a difficult day look like? How does some of the challenges that your son has or brings to the table, what does that look like? How does that play out in your household? One of the more recently difficult days was he has a service provider that takes him out in the community and they learn how to interact with the community, you know, make money, that type of things, order food, whatnot. Well, they went to an arcade and the game that he is so used to because he got in a routine going to an arcade with his provider, he always wanted to play this one game. Well, the one game was occupied 
and he did not like how the kids were playing that game. So he t- went over to the little girl and took the controller away from her. Mm. And daddy was there. And the provider saw the dad and it's like, yeah, this ain't going to end good. So he got Jack out of there. And on the way home, Jack started to have a meltdown. He got him home to me. And I said, thank you for, you know, diffusing the situation as much as possible. I'll take care of it from here. Well, I'm five foot one, 130 pounds. My son is five foot eight, five foot nine, 160 pounds. So he was melting down and then he grabbed a hold of me and started squeezing me because that, and he's never really acted like this before. He started squeezing me and he was getting in my face and my fight or flight mode went into how am I going to defuse this? Am I going to have to sweep his feet or am I going to have to aim a little bit higher? But then he calmed down or I got him, I was able to push him away and I said, you need to go to your room and calm down. So he went to the room and it took about an hour. He calmed down and then it started back up again because he came out and he goes, I want to try again. I said, you can't try again. You've already, it's not going to work. And that sent him into another meltdown, but not as bad as previously. So was this a very isolated incident? Yeah, it hasn't happened since. And after he's calmed down and we can explain to him what he did wrong, that you can't take a controller out of a girl, especially a little girls. I said, they see you. They see a giant. You're bigger than what she was. She was like, the provider said, maybe 10 years old. So she's a little girl. I said, you can't do that. That's not nice. You have to wait your turn. It doesn't matter that she wasn't playing it right in your terms. You can't do that. But yeah, that's been a very isolated incident. Mostly my days, I can say, are very well. I know what's going to happen. He comes home from school. I ask him about school. I tried to ask him questions that he has to answer, which I always get the typical, it was fine. Okay. And then he goes to his room. (laughs) Would you say that it's gotten easier, gotten harder, or just been sort of consistent? Through the years? Definitely gotten easier. He has grown up. He has matured a little bit. We got him a cell phone so I can always track where he is. We do allow him to ride his bike in our town because we have a very small community and they know who he is. They know who his parents are. They know who me and Kevin is. So if something should happen, they know to call us to get a hold of us. So, and I've even talked to the police department which we're friends with most of the police anyhow because like i said it's small town so everybody knows everybody so they're aware of jack and his different ability so that sounds great it sounds great it's bringing up a lot of memories for me of my son biting at the playground biting a little girl when he was young and turning around and he's got his mouth and the parents looking Like, do I come beat you up first or do I go beat your kid up first? (laughs) And that's my biggest fear is he's going to pick on somebody that has a parent or even older child or a teenager or however you want to say it. And they don't understand our kids are different. Most of them are not trying to be mean. 
They're just trying to get their point across and they don't know how. Right. Your older son, is he, I mean, he's, he's a a typical boy. (laughs) Yeah. He's still living at home. He has a job. He takes care of his brother as much as possible. When they were younger, my oldest son did watch him a lot when I worked and they had a great time. Now it's a little bit mm, different because he is 23. He's branching out. He has girlfriends and he's not home as much. So trying to get Jack to understand he can't always take you on a um, car ride or a truck ride is kind of hard for him to understand. Does that hurt his feelings? Yeah, you can tell it hurts his feelings. And there was one instance, I want to say about four or five years ago, and my son and I, we went to a neighboring town to get something to eat. And he goes, why is Wade mad at me? I said, Wade's not mad at you. He goes, yeah, he is. He yelled at me. And so I'm thinking, trying to figure out what happened. So I go home. I said, so what's your deal with your brother? And he goes, well, he was bugging me. I said, well, now he wonders why he doesn't, you don't like him. I said, that should never be an issue. And that stopped away to the point where he stopped what he was doing. He took a deep breath. He went in, he got his brother and they went for a ride. And I guess they had a talk or, you know, Wade smoothed things over. And ever since that time, Wade's a little bit more conscious on how he talks to Jack a little bit. Wade sounds very sweet. Yeah, they still have their disagreements. I mean, they are siblings. I mean, if Jack goes into Wade's room, Wade doesn't like it. If Wade goes into Jack's room, Jack doesn't like it. You know, I still have the typical, don't touch my stuff, you're breathing my air, don't touch me, that type of thing. But, you know. Do you feel that Wade treats him different, like has more compassion or empathy? He joined the buddy group in high school. Because he knew how his brother was and he wanted to be able to protect other kids at school. So, yeah, it's made him more empathetic towards other people. And the one thing that sticks out in my head was Jack was in latchkey and my husband and my son went and picked him up after they got off what they were doing. And so they went into the room and said, hey, Jack, come on, let's go. And a guy or another kid mumbled under his breath, oh, the retarded that gets to go home and Wade swelled up and started walking towards the kid. And my husband had to pull him back and say, no, let it go. Just let's go. So he can pick on his brother. You're not allowed to pick on Jack. I like that. I don't know. I mean, I like that. (laughs) I don't know what else. I mean, maybe I'm not supposed to like all of it, but (laughs) when I was growing up, the special needs kids was the corner classroom or the school that, that had different bathroom break. We had no interaction. We had no, and my kids today have more empathy and compassion at 10 years old than I think I had at 20. And our school system is really good about that. He's in a special classroom, but they do integrate them with some of the the other kids. You know, they have the same bathroom breaks. They have the same passing periods and they share lunch together. So the only thing is because he is not mainstreamed anymore, He's not in those mainstream classes except for the special classes, like what I call home ec, which is FCCS or something. And, you know, that type of thing. But math and English and stuff like that, the core 40, 
he's not part of that anymore because it's just it's not good for him it's distracting that's the same for i mean do you feel as a society that we're evolving in our Mm, yes and no i mean eventually i think our education system might catch up with our kids but it's not going to be in my lifetime i don't think i think you bring up a, a good point there one of the things you said at the beginning of the show is kind of the reason that this show was created and it was based on my own difficulties. I get the diagnosis challenging. I make the bad mistakes. And then I feel like if I can fix my kid, then my life's going to get better. And what I found is as long as I had, as long as I was trying to do that, my life did not get better. But as soon as I started working on me, and allowing my kid to be who he is, my life got better. Mm-hmm. And it does. But my biggest thing is I turned into a helicopter parent. And it's only been the last three to four years that I've let go of that. Because I see if I let Jack be who he needs to be and do stuff on his own, he does learn and he does grow. I was holding him back. I was doing everything for him. We were doing everything for him that some stuff he didn't need to be done for him, but he got so used to mommy and daddy doing everything for him. He just let it happen. I mean, and I don't blame him. If my mom and dad would come in and rescue me, I would probably let it happen too. But And that's a huge message. I mean, for the listeners in Naked Parent Nation, we're all doing things that we think is helpful that may or may not be. Right. And I think that's a great message. And would you say that Letting go of some of those things, has that been positive for you personally or or has that had no effect? Some of it has been positive because I'm learning in a way, teaching him how to be a little bit more independent, but I can still know where he's at because truthfully, I still have a tracker on his phone. I can't let go of that. Where is he? You know, is he okay? And, you know, he does text. And that's one thing about the phone is, when he texts me, it's like talking to a normal teenager. He doesn't use the game speak. He don't use, he actually uses full sentences where in school it's very hard for him to write a full sentence. But for him, texting is like the thing. It is the thing out there. It's not just him. That <laughs> definitely seems like that's an aha moment, you know, learning to let go and let them. Are there any other aha moments that stand out for you along the way that you see it different today than you used to? Just him growing up has been a big aha moment. I mean, he is going to be 16, so he is going through puberty. So some of that is like, I got to do this all over again with him and other than just my oldest son it's like oh it's a wild ride i will say it's been a wild ride and i don't know even if i could if i would change it because it's taught me so much he can do a lot more than what i gave him credit for and what society had given him credit for when he was two Hmm. that's another great message to point out is there anything that you believe to be true that most parents disagree with i don't know my biggest thing is I do not believe vaccines had given my child autism. I don't believe that at all. And I know some parents firmly believe that. And you have your right to your opinion, but I have a right to my opinion. So that's, I'll keep it at that. Yeah, that's interesting. 
my son regressed right after his vaccine. Mm-hmm. And I could see how people could have both opinions okay. on that. And I'll leave that at that as well with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do for you? How the stresses of life, the stresses of raising children, the stresses of raising special needs children. How do you care for you? I take time out for myself. My husband might think I take too much time out for myself, but I have a best friend and we get together and we do hiking. We do shopping. We do normal girl things and we talk. We've been best friends for the last 24 years. So ever Uh since we've had kids, you know, we've been friends and she's my stress reliever. So I get to vent to her and she vents to me. So it's a back and forth thing. I'm glad you have that. That sounds pretty special. That's awesome. Are there any products or services that you use to cater for your well-being or your child's well-being that you just couldn't live without? The product I use for myself in 2020, I joined a health journey and the company is called Optavia. And now I'm a health coach for them. And it enabled me to lose 35 pounds and really get my energy back my clarity back. If I didn't have my energy, I cannot keep up with my everyday life with my son. He has services four times a week. I got to ferry him back and forth to the doctors. That has been the biggest game changer. was just getting my energy back by losing some weight and improving my overall health. And are you still involved with that organization? Yes, I am. I'm actually a health coach for them. Awesome. If you haven't done so after the show, if you email a link for how people can get a hold of you, for anybody who listens to the show that's interested, if there's a way to reach out to you, um, we can put it in the show notes if you want to send us. Yeah, I'll uh, send a couple links. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Um, Facebook, I'm Smartfish, I think. No, I'm Wendy. I'm Wendy Flowers on Facebook and Smartfish3001 on Instagram. And I talk about my journey. I talk about my dog. I have a little dog and I talk about my kids. So I'm just the normal everyday mom with an extraordinary kid. So awesome. I love the way you put that. Yeah. So send that information and we'll put it in the show notes for those. Um, We do like just to get more of your thoughts and opinions, kind of a lightning round where you give one word to one sentence answers. You up for it? (laughs) Go ahead. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Take it one day at a time. And you actually gave a a quote. Is this your quote? It's going to work out how it's supposed to work out? Yes, that is my, it's going to work out how it's supposed to work out. I'm very big and God is going to take you where he needs you to go. That's a really, I mean, what a relief when you can internalize. When I can internalize that, it brings me so much peace. And then I lose that internalization, you know, 400 times throughout the day and, <laughs> yeah. and just try to figure out how to. I have that little saying in different ways all throughout the house, just to keep me reminded that it's going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. That's great. Thank you for that reminder. Do you have a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? <laughs> oh, my goodness. A lot of my resources are local, so I don't know if other states will have what I have, but we have a support group called Interlock here in Indiana, and it's a great support group. And 
we share information and they're the one that helped me figure out that I was dropped off the waiting list for his waiver and I had to restart the process over. So it's a great resource. If you can get into a local support group, I would go for it. Thank you for that. What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? Money. <laughs> Just money. <laughs> Everything costs so much. I mean, resources, any type of camps that you might want to send your kids to. I Like I said before, I was lucky. We have a camp here in Indiana that is free for autistic kids called Camp Achieve. Get on campachieve.org. It's done out of Indiana and it's all free. They have a benefactor that makes sure um, they're allowed up to like 30 some kids that can go to this camp every year. We had a guest on the show one time that like specialized in how you movie theaters and amusement parks and like all these places that I never thought of that they don't really promote it on, you know, on the front page of the website, you got to do some digging. Yes. But that sounds like what an amazing resource because summertime is hard for me. Yeah. Summertime is really hard. And this is a six week program. Wow. And it's five days a week. It's like a normal school day for them, but we do have families that come in from out of state just to go to this camp every summer. I bet. Sounds <laughs> so amazing. The one parent that comes with the child tends to live in a hotel room for six weeks or whatever, but they say it's worth it because the growth that they see in their child when they do do the camp. I imagine I would feel similar. So I've really, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your story with us. Is there anything from what we've talked about or just that's on your heart that you'd like to share with the listeners of the show? Just take it one day at a time. It's going to work out. I mean, I used to wish I had a magic ball just to tell me if I needed to be aware of anything, but just take it one day at a time. It's a ride that you'll never forget. Sometimes it's scary. I won't lie to you. Sometimes it's scary, but most of the time it's not. It's, it's one hell of a ride. I appreciate. Thank you for sharing. You've inspired me today. Um, my kids are a little bit younger and sometimes it's hard to imagine them getting older because it feels closed in. So I appreciate you sharing the journey and the perspective. I hope you stay a friend of the show and I'd love to touch base down the road and see if your son's driving like he thinks <laughs> or not. I'm waiting until he's 21 to even broach that subject. He goes, mom, I'm going to turn 16. I can drive. And that's like, no, I know you're not going to drive right now. <laughs> Well, thank you again. Please send us the ways to get in touch with you so that we can put it in the show notes. And I wish you and your family all the best and love to touch base down the road. Okay. Thank you very much. This Thanks, Wendy. Thank Have a great day. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again.
from the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.